Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Brothers and sisters in Islam, uh, we just completed the 24th night of uh, Ramadan, subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us Laylatul Qadr. Ameen. Uh, brothers and sisters, in uh, the Taraweeh that was recited, uh, we went through a series of Meccan surahs. And at the beginning um, of the chapters of the surahs in the Quran, especially in some of the mushafs, in some of the copies of the Quran, you always find them mentioning surah such and such, Makkiya, surah such and such, Madaniya. In English, we would say Makki and Madinan, or Madani, Makki uh, and uh, Madani. So, what does this mean? Well, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam's life as a prophet is uh, divided into two parts. The first part is his life as a prophet before hijrah, and the second part is his life as a prophet after hijrah. So then, the scholars took note of the ayat that were revealed before hijrah. And the surahs also that were uh, revealed, if a surah was revealed in its entirety, uh, like in its entirety, uh, like uh, some scholars of Tafsir say about Surah Al-An'am, uh, then the revelation before Hijrah is known as Makki or Makkan, and the revelation after Hijrah is known as Madani or Medina. Now, there's amazing lessons uh, in looking at. Uh, the uniqueness of the revelation before Hijrah and after Hijrah. And once you've understood that, okay, this is a Makki revelation, this is a Medina revelation, the next is to now put all, put all the Makki revelations together and then the Madani revelations together and then look at, at, at uh, you know, are there any differences between them? And you'll find that there are differences. Um, there's differences in the, the, uh, the, the focus of concentration of revelation between uh, the two eras of revelation. There's, di- there's a difference in the sounds uh, because of the style of uh, revelation between the Makki and, and, and Medinan revelation. So if you look at the revelation before Hijrah, the Prophet wasallam was living uh, with his people who were disbelievers and they were, their hearts were shackled in the chains of disbelief. So the Makki revelation was not commanding them to, towards leaving alcohol and leaving riba and wudu and the unique matters of salah uh, and other uh, fiqhi matters. The focus was on tawheed and the focus was on belief in the hereafter and the focus was on good character. You find you know, these three areas uh, being dealt with heavily in the revelation before Hijrah to Medina. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would reveal focusing on belief in one Allah and the fact that the messenger is the messenger. Number two, and the Quran obviously being from Allah because uh, this is all to do with the unseen. Number two, belief in the hereafter because the Quraysh denied life after death. And then number three, good character. Right? Because this is how you nurture people. This is how you nurture them and rid their hearts of the shackles of shirk and polytheism, so that now they are ready to accept tawheed and belief in one Allah, then when they become Muslim, you strengthen them upon Islam. Uh, and then when they went to Medina now, these were set Muslims. 
Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals the fiqh matters because now they are ready to give their zakah. Why? They believe strongly in Allah. They're ready to pray. Allah says, pray, they pray. Do the adhan like this. They do the adhan. They're not questioning why should we do the adhan like this. Why are these words in the adhan? Not those words. Why are we making wudu? Why are we washing our hands when our hands are not dirty? And so on and so forth. These questions won't come. Now you are submitting to the will of Allah, not to the will of your mind, not to the will of your desires. Right? So uh, this is one of the benefits that we benefit from um, the Makki revelation. In terms of um, the first focus of the Makki revelation, and that is Tawheed, belief in one Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then this entails belief that Allah is one in His actions. That He's the protector, that He's the sustainer, that He's the giver of life, He's the giver of death. Right? He takes care of everything, He brings rain, uh, He creates, He destroys. Allah is one in his actions, especially those actions that are unique to Allah. Alright? Like him being the ultimate protector. Alright? Um, Tawheed entails believing that Allah is one in his actions. And then it also entails believing that Allah is one in his worship, meaning you don't associate partners with Allah in your worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Uh, in your ikhlas, in your sincerity, when you pray, you only pray to Allah. Whatever you do, you do for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And many of us know this, if not all, inshallah. The third uh, uh, matter that Tawheed entails is belief that Allah is one in His names and attributes. The names and attributes of Allah, He's one in them. Right? No one has mercy like how Allah has mercy. Yes, people have mercy, but nowhere near the same levels as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one sees as Allah sees. People may see, but not as Allah. If you believe that there's a creation from Allah that sees as Allah sees, that is aware as Allah is aware, this is shirk in matters pertaining to Allah's names and attributes. Right? Now, why do I say this? Because people really don't have a holistic understanding of what Tawheed entails. Somebody, we see people today, for example, when they speak, they say, oh, I hope this doesn't happen. Touch wood. Oh, I hope this doesn't happen. Fingers crossed. Now, I know they don't mean shirk. They're doing it because it's a norm. They hear people doing it, so they follow it. But I'm highlighting this because this is an issue of our lack of knowledge of what Tawheed entails. If you tell this person that don't say that this is a form of shirk, they'll say, so how can it be shirk? I'm not prostrating to an idol. I'm not praying salah to someone else. We say, yes, that's true. But you're doing shirk in Allah's actions. Yes, you're not doing shirk in Allah's worship. You only worship one Allah. But in His actions, you're associating partners with Allah in His actions. Allah is the one who decrees and Allah is the one who protects. How can you say touch wood? Like as if touching wood is going to be a means of your protection. Are you saying touching wood is going to help protect you from the decree of Allah? Some people say, let's hope it all goes well. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. What does this mean? That if you cross your fingers, you're going to get protected? This is a form of associating partners with Allah in His actions. Some people say the Prophet ﷺ is hadir nadir. He sees everything and is aware and present. This is shirk in Allah's names and attributes. You say, no, I'm not doing shirk, I only worship Allah. Yes, you worship Allah, that's fine. But now you have a problem here. By saying the Prophet ﷺ is, 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 uh, is, is present as Allah is present and is, uh, and is aware as Allah is aware, this is shirk. So um, this is a basic introduction, brothers and sisters in Islam, to uh, the differences between Makki and Madani uh, surahs. There's much more to it than what I shared. Uh, but just to, uh, I, I did share it to highlight the themes of the Makki revelation. 
so that I could focus on the first theme, which is Tawheed. And thus we went on to explain the three. Uh, tawheed, is, tawheed is belief in one Allah, but it entails three things. To believe that Allah is one in his actions, which is known as Tawheed al-Rububiyyah. And Allah is one in his worship, which is known as Tawheed al-Uluhiyyah. And also to believe that Allah is one in his names and attributes, which is, not, which is uh, called Tawheed al-Asma wa sifat تقبل الله منا ومنكم صالح الأعمال and may Allah increase us in knowledge and action. Amin. Until next time, salamullahi alaykum wa rahmatuhu wa barakatuh.